Hello mortals, we are your Valkyries, Miss Darby and Miss Charlie. And we are two space babes here to say goodbye for season two. Just like you, you nasty girl. We will be discussing our experiences and opinions on sex work art and the erotic taboo counterculture we can't stop talking about. We are currently recording and transmitting this episode from our opulent spaceship of fiendish fun. Welcome to the Babes of Valhalla. Content may not be suitable if you are underaged, closed-minded, or immature. We discuss topics that are graphic and sexual in nature. This is our last episode for season two. Woo. Woo, 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 woo. We did it. We we definitely maybe struggled our way through, <laughs> but we did it. I'm very proud of us. Um, I thought we could just do a little recap of our year. Uh, this year was craziness. It was. I feel like so many ways. There was a lot of highs and a lot of lows and... We did our best to produce the show through all of it, but um, I was really thinking about what our biggest differences were between season one and season two. And we started season one when both of us were still working from home. I don't even think the club where you were was open yet. Yeah, no, it wasn't. I think that we like started putting things together while everything was closed and then yeah things started reopening but yeah i was working like different hours like the club closed at like 11. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and yeah everything i feel like life was moving a lot slower i was working from home so just more time more more mental space i feel like when you leave the house to work and are traveling and running errands all day and then get back sometimes it's just like a different process of being able to switch gears and and work on the podcast that's true and and we both I mean we both did quite a bit of like traveling this year because we ended up being able to spend more time together but then I think that like Mm -hmm. you know we had even in spending time together we also are hanging out and not necessarily yeah. like always working on the podcast because we don't get to see each other like super often. <laughs> so we like to spend the time doing that. But then like, I don't know, like I feel like we also spent a lot of time together in the same area, like same house or whatever, but like not necessarily like having a lot of time, just the two of us. So when we did, we were just kind of like enjoying each other's company because I mean, like we went down yeah. to we were where we both grew up and like we were seeing a lot of family and and just yeah. I don't know. There was like a lot of stuff this year that like it should have seemed like we should have had more time. But at the same time, like we were really busy, like doing things that were things yeah that were kind of I mean, they had to happen and they were taking up a lot of like emotional and mental and like physical energy. And I think that mm-hmm. this year earlier, like I or last year, I guess, technically, uh, I like sold and closed a business that I've been running for the last like three and a half years. And 
I was like, I'll have so much more time like once that's done. (laughs) And that's true. But I also don't think I was giving myself like enough credit for like how just tired I was going to be like when it was done and how like, I don't know. I think I was having a hard time like staying on top of things and like being creative and all that stuff because I think I was kind of like going through some sort of like weird I don't know things some sort of weird transition thing that was just like I was always tired and or unmotivated and or creatively like hitting a wall and then I think I got COVID like three times last year. Like I swear to God, I feel like I was <laughs> sick like so much this last year. I know. Every time I talk to you, I swear to God, you're like getting over it or recovering or yeah. I mean, like I'm so pretty funny. sure I have COVID again. Yeah, exactly. It's fucking <laughs> so stupid. So that's what you get for licking the sidewalk. Okay. Yeah. God, I knew it. I knew that was a bad, yeah. bad thing. Bad thing. And we had, oh my gosh, yeah. we had two weddings this year oh my gosh we did we We had had, so much i mean we had a ton we had a ton of stuff um and then i think like we also needed to like adjust our expectations for what we were going to be able to do for Mm. the podcast and i think that Mm -hmm. like we 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 also like really made a conscious effort i think earlier on when things kind of things were going on that we were like you know what like We're doing this for fun and because we love it and not because there's anybody that's like got a like whip to our back. And there's like, I mean, we appreciate all of our listeners. We want our listeners to want us to have more episodes, but we also have life stuff and we do this for fun and we were like, let's keep it fun. So if there were times when we couldn't get it together, it's okay. And I think that like that was totally fine for this year. No, I know that there was like a lot of times that I was getting stressed out and it was really nice because because there's two of us, I can kind of touch base with you mm-hmm. and you can remind me like it's not like we're a show on NPR and they're like, we have we have a schedule. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, we we're just doing this for fun in our spare time and we wanted to do this. So like what's going to be more feasible? We switched after like missing like weeks and weeks and weeks on end just because it was yeah when you're traveling when the holidays are happening when life is happening sometimes it's just not feasible to put out we're trying to do an episode every week it was just so much it was just like the second you felt like you put one out there was another one that you had to be like, okay, when am I going to have time to record it? When am I going to have time to edit it? Mm-hmm. When am I going to have time to do the artwork for it? Because you and I both also like to just put so much on our plate and also do all the art <laughs> for mm-hmm. every episode as well. And uh, which is, I think, a process we both love, but you start to fall out of love with it when you're when you're uh, overworking yourself in a way that's not sustainable. So... Yeah. yeah, we do have, I think, I think our first season has like 24 or 25 episodes. And I think this season's going to end up having like 18 episodes. I still feel like that's pretty good. We still did pretty good. We still did pretty good. We definitely were not as like consistent. It was a longer stretch of time, but mm-hmm. that's totally fine. I don't know. 
I always say like, oh, I'll be more on top of it. But like, realistically, I think we'll just, we, tr- we, we, we try and do the best we can. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, I think that, um, we'll have some discussions between the two of us, like what we want to set our pace at for next year and kind of find some mm-hmm. things that, that are going to, that are going to work up. But, you know, we're yeah. really, we're really grateful to everyone who supported our show. We love Absolutely. like making the podcast. We love doing the art. Um, we love managing the Instagram and meeting people and talking to people on there. And we would just ask at the end of season two, you know, just do us the greatest favor ever. Tell two friends about Babes of Valhalla and please rate us wherever you listen to the podcast because that's the way for other people to find us. And then mm-hmm. we said we were going to do it this last season. We just didn't. But this season, we're doing it. We're going we're doing to it. make merch. We have enough artwork to just convert it into merchandise. Exactly. We have so much we just content. We need to sit there, it's there and do it. Just put it on a goddamn shirt. And we don't know why it stresses us out. It just does, but we're we're going to do yeah. it. So that's exciting. Yeah, maybe we can do like a, a poll on our Instagram and be like, which pieces of art do you guys like the most? And see. Yeah, that's a good idea. What? What? What the fans say? <laughs> what do the fans say? <laughs> uh, so funny. Uh, yeah. So for our last episode of the season, we thought we would wrap up our episode um, by doing kind of like a questionnaire. So we asked a bunch of our fellow dancers and we also put it out to our Instagram followers. The question, what surprised you most about dancing? We all kind of have a general idea of what we're getting into when we started dancing or we started sex work, but there's always going to be those things, either it's like management or customers or something about personal care that maybe you hadn't factored into what your idea of being a dancer is. Um, I thought it was really interesting to see uh, everybody's different responses Some of them I definitely connected to personally and some of them less. I mean, obviously, I think that's that's a given. But uh, do you want to start off by reading the first one? So we're going to read some of the submissions. Sure. Okay. so this person um, will just have her go by B. I think the most shocking thing I didn't know before dancing was all of the off the clocks slash books time. Nothing hoary. Just all the texting and hustling when not in the actual club. I've always said that being at the club isn't even the actual work. It's the texting, calls, chats, Instagram pics, posts, videos. That's the actual work hustle. The club is just where your home base is. Your safe place to see these customers slash creepers. The second thing was how much I would have to hide my real life. Change places I go shopping, malls, and where I actually lived. I didn't realize that my dancer self would need to be a completely different person, not just in personality, but just everything different. I could seriously say so much more, but that's a good general what the fuck about dancing for me. Alrighty, the next one is from V. So we had B, now we have V. So I don't think I realized how much I was going to be touched. The whole, quote, don't touch the dancer, quote, idea has definitely not been my experience. I would also say the relationships that I built with my customers, I didn't realize that in order to be a success, 
In order to be successful, I essentially had to network. I also think I was surprised when I saw myself being more materialistic. So I started dancing with some serious saving goals in mind, but when I saw the money coming in the way it was, I started to treat myself. Hairs, nail, makeup were never an important part of my routine until I started dancing. I've learned to balance things out as I've been dancing. So we put out the question on our stories on Instagram and a bunch of you people responded and we are very, very grateful for everyone who sent a response. And so we thought we would read them off. They're much shorter, um, but a nice little uh, array of responses. So I guess we can just go back and forth. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. So from Instagram that I'd keep doing it. I thought I'd be dancing for six months and quit. I never thought I'd be dancing for 17 years. How much I hate men. The Indian body odor, LMAO. (laughs) The love within the community. The exhaustion from working night shifts and having to live life differently because of my sleep. It changed how I see men forever. I didn't expect to enjoy and care so much for my customers. How much more confident I became in my own boundaries and improved self-esteem. Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, for sending those in. Um, This could be like a a fun question to revisit for season three as well. Mm -hmm. So if you didn't see this on our Instagram, uh, we will look to maybe repost it a couple times during our break. And maybe we can get like a bigger list of uh, responses because I think everybody's individual experience is always so different in in dancing and sex work. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a really interesting question is just, you know, what took you by surprise? Because it's going to be really different for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, And then you want to do yours? Sure. Yeah. So um, my response to this is that I've definitely been dancing on and off for my whole dance career. Career. (laughs) Silly. Um, So I feel like my experience is a little bit different from other people's because some of these answers I feel like have more of like the long term, like in the same club connecting with the same people where I feel like a lot of the things that surprise me are kind of those things that you have to acclimate to every time you start dancing again. So one of the big things is just like my, how like my body never really gets used to, to dance, like how hard it is on your body. There's just so many like little painful things that I forget about, like until I start dancing each time. So like, just the bruising on your knees or the bruising on your body, the aching in your feet from wearing your shoes, the irritation on your bikini line from just like shaving every night and then wearing thongs that rub and just like the general like soreness of your muscles from like all the work you're doing on stage and then even like the lap dances like straddling guys, like your hips start to hurt and like I knew it would be tough but that's something that definitely surprised me is just like how difficult that can be and how your body has to reacclimate to those to those uh every time um 
And then kind of go to go along with it, like the physical, mental and emotional exhaustion. So even even when I'm having a good night and I really get into my groove and I feel like I can just go, go, go through the whole night and and make lots of money and I go home super happy. I usually still wake up the next day kind of feeling like I was hit by a train, not always like in soreness, but just in exhaustion. Like I could just like lay on the couch and sleep for the next three days and be completely happy. Um, And I know that a lot of that has to do with my lack of consistency. But I also just think that sex work in general is is draining in a, a whole different way than most jobs. And then um, I think some other people already touched on some of the things, like some of the other things, but um, something that surprised me is I knew it was going to be like an opinionated environment, obviously, because everything is very external. It's about how you look and how you present and how you talk to people. But I was surprised about how different everybody's idea is of like what the ideal woman is and how like just depending on who you're talking to in that moment like two guys can look at the same person and one person can say like oh she's she's like yeah she's the ideal and the other guy can be like oh she's too skinny she's too this she's too that you know she's so it's like just adjusting to like how different everybody's opinions is of like all of the girls you're working with and of you. Like one guy can think your body is amazing and the next guy can think you look stupid. And it's, it's like being able to kind of like roll, roll with those, those punches of, of people complimenting you all night. And then also at the same time, like kind of tearing you down and not really taking either one too seriously. That was definitely something that was surprising to me was just to, I don't know, just to like see how people think and to be in an environment where people just tell you very blatantly like what's going on inside, uh, inside their minds. And okay, and the last thing is how vastly different clubs can be. So this might sound really stupid, but I feel like each club has a very different mood, a very different set of like clients that go there and just like the personality of the girls and the vibe it creates can really change how you how I interact with it. So I after leaving the first place I danced at, I thought that the next club I'd go to would be more or less the same. And I did visit it before I started working there. And I was like, oh, I like the vibes here. And then as soon as I like started working there, it was like completely different. And I couldn't figure out like what was like, I guess, wrong. But it's it's just like, you know, when you have a bar that has friends and you have like regulars and you like get like the the general mood of it like works with you. Um, you can just be so much more successful and confident in the space versus, you know, when you're missing those things. And it, it was really crazy for me to see from like my first club to my second club, like how out of place you can feel like when you don't 
like jive with the mood with the clients with the other girls at the club and how it can affect like your money and your confidence and like for me like it really like upped my anxiety which like affects everything you know so obviously different clubs have different vibes but I guess I was just like really surprised at how much the club itself could influence how well I was doing Mm mm-hmm I think that's definitely true. I felt that way when I was in Florida, for sure. Yeah. Um, let's see. Okay, so for me, um, I guess I didn't realize when I started how much the club can come home with you. It's mm. not the same as, like, having a regular bad day at work, uh, you know, because I've wasted, waited tables, bartended, whatever, and, like, you know, you always have bad days, bad interactions with your manager, with customers, whatever. But somehow having like a good night or a bad night would feel really personal. So whether it was like a negative interaction with a fellow dancer or like there would be those interactions with customers that even if it was a lucrative one, for some reason it would just stick with me and just gross me out for like days after. And I don't know. I just wouldn't exactly be able to put my finger on like why that person like got to me or why that interaction was like skeezy. Um, Because looking at it, like, you know, I feel like, yeah, I'm fine with everything that happened, those lap dances, like whatever. Um, But there would just be something about it that like their energy or whatever would just like stick on me. And then sometimes to the point where like I'd come home and like I don't want, you know, if I have a partner, you know, I don't want my partner to like touch me Um, because I just felt like I don't I don't know, like exactly. I was struggling with the right vocabulary for it, but almost like raw or like just super like vulnerable or or something where I just wanted to kind of like have my body like to myself and didn't want like anybody like hugging me or touching me or whatever that had like any sort of male energy so I don't know that was interesting I don't think that that was like explained to me and then I also didn't realize how much the money I would make or didn't make for that matter could also affect how I felt about like myself and my confidence so one night you know make a bunch of money and feel just like super hot and fit and sexy and then have like a trash night and just like find yourself kind of like picking yourself apart. And I'd never worked in an environment before that was like so intimate and personal while also being like so tied to income that was fluctuating. And I don't know, I just had to like learn different emotional and mental tools to protect myself from like either icky interactions, bad nights, and like keep them from coming home with me, but then also kind of just like make a decision that whether or not I have a good night or a bad night um, to not let it affect my self-image or my confidence. And most importantly, like to kind of just keep up that positive energy because once you kind of get on like a negative, you know, down slope or a positive upslope, right, you can kind of keep that momentum. Um, But that was definitely something that like was like creeping in that I'd be like, oh, that's really interesting. Like I wasn't feeling you know fat and gross and you know whatever the other night when I made x amount of money but then tonight because I couldn't you know for some reason there's I wasn't feeling sparkly I wasn't selling dances or whatever like now I feel like just kind of down on myself like my physical 
self. And I just Mm -hmm. didn't want to have that kind of thing. Um, And then the only other thing that I can think of was that I was really surprised with how many clubs are managed and like run really poorly. Mm -hmm. Um, There's always quirks in like any management with like restaurants, bars, especially. Right. And I assumed Mm -hmm. it would be the same when I started, but I didn't really understand or expect that so many club owners would just be like, throwing people into management positions that have no business being there. Like they have no training or management experience and then just like letting them run with it to see how long they lasted and then moving on to the next person. So you're constantly dealing with people that have no idea how to manage people or problems. And like as somebody who does have management experience um, on some level and has worked in corporate environments and has worked like in different things ran my own business, like different things like that. Like I've managed teams. Like I would just be so frustrated by my own manager's like lack of understanding, like how to talk to their team, how to like train other people, like how to address problems. And then if you kind of tried to be like, Hey, I don't think she's understanding what you're saying because you know, like, like you're like, I think she needs you to explain it kind of in like, you know, blah, 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 like this way or that way, how they just kind of tend to write you off or like whatever, because you're just like a stripper. Yeah. And I never really had that experience. Like I never had that experience either because like, I just know myself and I've never worked in a job where people wrote you off. Um, like that and that was like also weird that I didn't understand like that managers just like weren't necessarily on your team and Mm -hmm. that they like didn't value you and that like they also don't know like what the fuck they're doing and that's like so frustrating when it impacts like your money because you see how it's like the club's not being managed well now I've worked in really well managed clubs I actually think the first club that we worked in was managed actually really well Mm. um but in my experience, it just seems like it's way less common, like whether it's a high end club or like a low end hole in the wall, like it doesn't matter. It just seems like people that they are like hiring, like in the industry, they just like don't have like training and experience. And it's like, it's weird. I don't get it. Like you're managing so much money yeah, and you're managing so many people with so many different personalities and so many different needs and like people from so many different backgrounds with like different like mental and emotional like they're in mental different mental and emotional places and like you're just managing like a big bag of tricks like just like you know you don't know what's gonna pop out like a rabbit like a fucking colorful (laughs) scarf like you have no idea like everybody is so different and yet you hire people who do not understand how to communicate with different people or like solve problems and teach people how to like solve problems i feel like a lot of times like the people that i see that are hired like almost more like fit the stereotype of like this is what a bouncer looks like so this is who we're gonna hire yeah instead Instead of of, like this is somebody who exactly 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 yeah Um, or like i don't know like if they have to use physical force, they like know how to actually do it. Right. Like versus just like beating the shit out of somebody. (laughs) And like now the cops are here and now it's a whole thing and you know, whatever. 
Right. That's like a thing right now that I'm very frustrated with at my home mm. club. I love my home did club you, so much, but did you ever see P Valley? I only watched one episode, so I'm not like coming for no, the whole series. I but it. I haven't watched it yet because I don't. We think I should have that channel. Do we an should watch it when you come episode. Visit. We should do like an episode where we watch the whole season and then th- talk about it. But um, the only reason I bring it up is because like in the very first episode, the owner of their strip club is this like flamboyant gay man, and he just like the way he talks to the dancers, just like mm, girl, da 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 da, and I was like. Which what club owner is this? <laughs> like, who or manager or whoever? Like, when did like who is this? Like, where does this exist? I I I have never had an experience where the manager even really talks to the girls for the most yeah. part, unless yeah, they're uh, you know sleeping with them which sounds super rude but that's another thing i feel like clubs get so incestuous like so incestuous sometimes just like everybody's like been with everybody or i don't know which which is fine you can date at work but like in the strip club it can just get so messy it gets so messy so fast and i'm a big believer in don't shit where you eat like yeah I don't want my dude in the bar every night that I work or at all. I definitely don't want him to be like, I don't know. I'm like yeah. weird about that. Like, I don't want anyone I'm dating to like have any sort of impact on the money I'm making or like yeah. know how much money I'm making necessarily unless I choose to share that with them. Yeah. There was one thing that you said that like really hit home with me, though, which was kind of that like after coming home from the club, like, not wanting to be touched. Mm-hmm. Like, that... It's, like... It's, like... There's there's a certain level of you, my... Uh, like, I don't know, when you first start out your night or sometimes in the middle of your night or whatever, sometimes you feel like you're getting, like, a part of you fed... You know, where you're mm-hmm. like, oh, like, I'm, like, feeding off this person. They're feeding off of me. Da-da-da-da-da. Um, yeah. But then there, like, gets that point where, like, okay, I'm done, but my shift's not over. And I yeah. just, like, have to keep getting touched and keep getting felt and keep trying to move people's hands and keep, like, mm-hmm. like guys, like, grab you too hard. Guys, like, like not intentionally, not like they're trying to hurt you. They just, I don't know what's wrong. Like some people like just don't understand how to touch another human, which yeah. I don't understand because you're like, so does your wife like it when you do this? Does your girlfriend like it when you do this? When you like, like treat her like them an too eggplant? hard? Yeah. Like when you treat them like they're an object that doesn't have nerve endings, like I don't understand. Yeah. So sometimes you're like, no, that's like hurts my skin or just is uncomfortable or like no I don't fold that direction you know yeah um and then when you're like tapped out yeah like you go home and there's definitely like that period of like like no I don't need anyone to touch me I just want to like take a shower and wear sweatpants and Mm -hmm. live in pajamas on the couch with a blanket it is really interesting like that pendulum swing between like starting off in a place where you can feel like really like yeah this is like awesome like I feel so sexy or I feel so this or I feel so good or this is working so well and by the end of the night you're just like and please nobody ever touch me again yeah no it's definitely definitely true and I mean like 
you, you just want your body to just be for you and you don't want to have mm-hmm. to share it with anybody. And like, sometimes you'll feel like so drained, like emotionally that mm-hmm. like if I'm dating somebody, you know, and like they have a problem or they want to talk about something or like they want me to like give them any sort of like attention, energy, like, like that sort of whatever, like I just don't have it in me. And I'm yeah. like, I don't need anything from you either, but like, just leave me the fuck alone because like, I want to lay in a cocoon of like lotion. Well, you don't like <laughs> lotion, but I do like lotion. I like lotion. And, like, you don't like the way it feels on your skin. Well, I don't know. Oh, I like it. <laughs> okay. So I want to live in a cocoon of like lotion and like no music in like the daylight, but also somehow where it's dark. Like, I don't know. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I'm tired of being yes. in like a dark cave, but also like, I don't know. Or like when you come home, oh my God, this is the most annoying thing. You come home, you're fucking tired. They're like, they're like, oh, uh, you know, you, you, oh, you look really tired. Like, how was your night? And I want to be like, uh, well, if I look fucking tired, then I guess, you know, like just unnecessarily like a snappy little asshole because all night long I've been like, oh, oh, Jeff, you're so funny. Oh, Steve, you're such a cutie. Like, oh, I love that when you like lick my ear, even though like I fucking hate that shit, you know, like, it's just like, I don't have any grace like left in me. Yeah. So like, don't ask me a stupid fucking question. Like, how was my night? good way to put it like your your grace is tapped out your ability to charm and be charming is like gone at that point yeah yeah no I get it and I feel like even if you're not feeling it you're like putting yourself in the mindset of like I don't know I feel like I try to put myself in the mindset of like oh this is fun where like Mm -hmm. because like once you hit that place where you're like I'm done Mm-hmm. and you're still doing lap dances it's like that's when it's like it's like freaking it's a grind literally and it's a grind it is so hard when you're like dancing and you're done and you've like submitted to that mindset of you're done versus mm-hmm. like tricking yourself that you're like no it's all right just like two more dances and then maybe I can be done for the night and instead you're like sitting there and you're doing the same move on like some guy that's like when you know you're just kind of staring off into space and just putting yourself like somewhere else like oh my god think about how nice my bed's gonna feel think about Mm -hmm. like how nice like I really would love some hog and dogs right now (laughs) (laughs) you know but yeah, no, that's that's an interesting one. And um, oh, I was just going to say that, like, I do think that there's like a difference in like how many days you work. Right. Like, I do think it changes your experience of dancing. I think it's very different if it's like if it's your main source of income for years versus if you do it every once in a while. Like, obviously, like the, the things you're going to experience because of like because of that grind or because of that consistency are going to change. But um, I thought that, yeah, I guess I was just looking at all the different answers and kind of thinking about like how that is, is just very different based off of how often you go, how consistent it is in your life. Like the part about being exhausted is less hard on me because I take so many breaks. So like, it's like it's like short-term exhaustion it's like oh my body's exhausted but it's not like that like deep set in like 
mental exhaustion I think that you get from working so much, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's all. I was just thinking about that. No, I think that's true. I think it's very true. I definitely feel like I try to work like four days a week and I can usually do that just fine. But like whenever I pick up like a fifth day, it just, it just is really difficult. Yeah, that's how I feel like working at all. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like so difficult. Like, oh my God. Every time I go back to dancing, I'm just like, oh, my knees are going to feel like they were hit with sledgehammers for like the first two weeks. And sometimes I'm only working for two weeks. So, well, you'll feel better. I mean, yeah, if you were working more consistently, I think that you'd exactly. Exactly. If if I was working consistently, I would more consistently, I would get more like they would just toughen up. But that's 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 it. That's just what's going on. So. Alrighty. Uh, Should we wrap this bad boy up? Let's do it. Thank you so very much for tuning in for our very last episode of season two. We are going to be on a break for a couple of months and then we'll be coming back with a whole new season for season three. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, we'll announce like um, our start date for season three um, once we kind of get that figured out. Yeah, but we're definitely going to take a couple months off. I think we were planning on originally wrapping up before Christmas, but we just took such a long break over the holidays Mm. that we let it bleed into the new year, which is fine. But now we're going to take our much-deserved break. Yes, yes, indeed. Well, in the meantime, to soothe your inking loins, you can find us on Instagram at Babes of Valhalla. And if you'd like to email us or call in with an antidote for an upcoming episode, check out our social media for the themes you are currently researching and send your comments and stories to babesofvalhalla at gmail.com. Until next season, stay nasty. Babes of Valhalla is written and produced by the Babes of Valhalla, otherwise known as your illustrious lieges, Darby and Charlie. Music provided by the musical genius, Gemini Genesis.